All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour street hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Episode 237 of Oilers Nation Radio. Tyler, Rick, Dan, Bagged Milk, Liam, who is wearing a Hamburglar mask on our Zoom call. This could be anybody. There's no way to know it's me. I'm incognito. Yep. I think you look great. If you Thank zoom you. back, there's probably a bunch of banana peels around them, so it's probably giving it away. <laughs> yep. I can't. If I put them on the floor, I'd be like Mario Kart. I'd just be falling all over the place. <laughs> Maybe that's nope. what you do to keep people from walking through your Zoom. Yeah. When I was a kid, I thought slipping on a banana peel would be a bigger obstacle in my life, but so far it has yet to happen. The, the big one, and I know everybody says it, is, is, the, is the quicksand, though. Yeah, 100%. I have yet to run into any. And you've been all over the world, man. I have. I have. Like you were looking for it or something. I'll try and find it again. I'm, time's not over. I remember once there was a, uh, a big quicksand incident on Coronation Street where someone got stuck. And it, there was a couple episodes where <laughs> one guy was stuck and then they had to come, come back and find him. I think it might have been Nick Platt, if I remember correctly. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was, it was a big thing on, on Cory. And Old this Platsy, segment they has been Coronation Corner with Liam. Yeah. <laughs> now we got our <laughs> weekly update on Coronation. <laughs> I'm going to steer the ship towards the Oodle Noodle Delicious Debate, brought to you by our friends at Oodle Noodle. Uh, let's dig into it here. Bag milk, I know you've been on Better Late Than Never, saying everyone shut up. There's no such thing as a goaltending controversy here in Edmonton. But I'm going to ask you guys this. Who would you start on Saturday against the Dallas Stars? Bag milk? I go back to Jack Campbell. Like I find that right now you just you've got two goalies that can give you quality minutes. Jack Campbell's low, won four of his last five starts. Stuart Skinner, I thought he played fine last night against the Devils. Maybe he'd want that uh was the one floater goal was the guy who was following. Yeah, he probably wants that one back maybe. Um but outside of that, I thought Stu was fine. So I think that they're rolling right now. Both goalies have have looked fine and they've given the Oilers a chance to win. So why wouldn't you just keep the rotation going? Liam? The last show I said Skinner should have got the start against whoever that was, Nashville, right? And I think they did the right thing to go back to him on Thursday. But I don't know. It's such a weird one because Skinner 
Skinner has the numbers, but isn't getting as many wins as Campbell. And Campbell doesn't have the numbers, but he's getting wins every every time he plays. So it's it seems odd. I guess I would go back to Campbell on Saturday and see how that rolls for them. And I think Dallas isn't going to be without Ottinger. So maybe the others can give give uh, give Campbell some offense on Saturday against Scott Whitewood too. I think that just like doesn't matter who's in net tomorrow against Dallas. First of all, why is it another 2 p.m. matinee at Rogers Place? But whatever. Uh, the team needs to make sure that they're playing solid defense in front of either guy that's in there. Last night in the third period, they were kind of like a little bit loose. And unfortunately, two scared. face-off goals. Two face-off goals. Yeah, Connor lost that one. And then there was the one right off the center ice draw. So they just need to tighten up a little bit. And I think that whoever's in net will be fine. Dan? Well, I keep making up the term and keep trying to make it a thing, situational goaltending. And I think we got it again last night with, with Skinner. Uh, you know, when, when the chips are down and it's time to hold on to that lead, uh, Skinner was making some good saves. Obviously, like we've said, there was a, a bit of a breakdown towards the end and it uh, cost us two goals in seven seconds. But I think you go back to Campbell and let him continue to, to be that situational goaltender that we like and see a lot of both of these guys. Rick? <clears throat> well, I know it's not very good for uh, for listening, but I'm also on board with going back to Campbell. I think it's just early in the season right now. You kind of go back and forth. Um, I think around maybe the beginning of December is when you start to kind of ride one more than the other. But at this point in the year, I like to see going back and forth and keeping those games played pretty low um, going forward because by the time you get the playoffs is when you're going to want both, both these goalies to be fresh. Who are you taking, Tyler? Yeah, I think you guys are. I, I can't believe it's four votes for Campbell. One guy has a 944. One guy has an 881. I'm starting the guy with the 944. I'm starting the guy who's been the better goalie for me. And yeah, he's two and two, not five and two. Um, but he's been lights out pretty much every time you've put him between the pipes. And I don't want to lose back to back games. So I'm going back to the guy. And the guy right now is Stuart Skinner. But what what about Campbell makes you think that he's going to lose? Because he's won four of his last five. The fact he has an 881 save percentage. Like his save percentage isn't good. He's given up goals every time, almost four goals every time he started. But aren't his, a lot of his, a lot of his goals are just like they're, they're rebound control, right? And I think you need to get some more shots to try and fix that. But at the same time, I think you need the defense or at least all five guys to tighten up in front of him, make sure if he's giving up a couple of rebounds that they're not allowing any forwards to get to the puck and bang at home. They're so it's just like, it's just he's not winning the way you want him to win, is what it sounds like, Tyler. But that's not even what it's about for me is, is the Oilers are winning the games with Campbell in that because their offense is, is lights out, right? Like, I mean, they should have won that game last night against New Jersey. Yeah. But what happened? Seven goals. They got stopped didn't. on four, five, two on ones. And yeah. They had a lot of opportunities down there. I'm still not sure how uh, CC couldn't put that one in the net. I've watched that video 317 times right now, and it's uh, it frustrates me more and more each time I watch it. I just don't but like if the Oilers scored on some of their chances in the third period and they say they win, you know, six, four Campbell or Skinner allows four goals. That's it's the same result. And would your answer for tomorrow change? No, no. See, no. And, and for me, I just I look at the numbers. I don't care really about wins or how much run support or how the team in front of them <laughs> is playing. I care about wins. I but, care about wins. But like, it's, it's a, sorry, go ahead, Dan. I was just going to say the system, the system has worked for the last six games. We lost one of the six games that we've gone back and forth between these goalies. I, I just don't see you getting out of your cycle just because we lost one game and we lost one game in seven seconds. It wasn't like we were outplayed and outmanned or no, we lost that in the third period. Yeah. So and I just, I just think you stick with what works. What's been working has gotten us five wins in a row and one loss. Is it like if you look at this, so regardless who plays tomorrow against Dallas, like next week, there's four games where you're going to need both guys. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Is Skinner played back to back games yet this season? No, no. Only the did he got pulled? He got well, I guess Calgary Buffalo somewhat right when he came yeah, in. He relief. He came yeah, in yeah, relief, yeah, yeah. But not started twice. And again, I don't hang that getting yanked on Campbell in that game all that much either. The thing that I find worrying about the Oilers is we spoke like on the last show, we spoke about those high danger chances. It just seems 
so odd that they feel more relaxed, I suppose, maybe in front of Skinner, but not in like a good way where it's like, oh, he'll bail us out where it's Campbell. I feel like they're a bit more panicked, I, I guess you could say, and like make more errors, if that makes any sense. So I think he's playing team, too loose in front of Campbell. Yeah, I, I guess that's a part of it too. I think eventually this team needs to get comfortable with Campbell between the pipes because he is being paid to be the starting goalie on this team, whether Skinner's putting numbers up or not. Like when playoffs come around, it's more than likely that Campbell's going to get the start. So I think eventually you just got to kind of almost, how do you word it? Like just play Campbell for the sake of playing him to get it, get him in the role as well to keep things rolling for the team and for the benefit of the team down the road. But if, if you don't play Campbell and then uh, you're looking at Monday, Tuesday, like maybe if you start Skinner on Monday, then you're going like a whole week without Campbell playing, right? And then tossing him in on Tuesday. No, I, I would go, I'd go Skinner tomorrow because he gives you the best chance to win against Dallas and I want to end the homestand above 500. And then I would go Campbell on night one of the doubleheader against Washington. Skinner on, on the tougher matchup Tuesday again against Tampa, and they're both going to get a start in the next three games here. I just think right now Skinner is without a doubt playing better. He's the better goalie right now. I'm not saying that in a month that'll still be the case, but right now Skinner's the better goalie. I get the rotation has been working, but this is still sticking with that rotation because Campbell will get Monday's game. I just think last game of the homestand, you want to end it on a high note. Skinner gives you the best chance to do that. That's fair. You're allowed to have your opinion, Tyler, even if it's wrong. That's right. <laughs> you feel very ganged up on right now. That's right. You should be <laughs> you Actually, your body you language gotta, feels you like got you got the arms brought. Yeah, I'm like back in right my chair. <laughs> if I'm we like, were in the studio, we would have been throwing things at you too right now. Yeah. Uh, jokes on you guys. You would, I'm going to. You would have got up and walked podcast, away. And all anyone will hear is you guys agreeing with me. I'll just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All As the he keeps talking, we're just like, yep, uh huh, yep, uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Let me just ask you: Is it that you don't feel like Campbell's game is where it needs to be, or that, or that you just don't trust him right now to pick up the win against Dallas? Because I would be, as much as I'm saying Campbell, I'd be very happy with either guy getting the start tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I honestly like I don't have like a big beef with it being Jack Campbell because I I understand like where you guys are coming from and where the Oilers would be coming from of like a yeah no he's your guy like this rotation's working and all of that I just think you have a guy in Skinner who's playing lights out hockey right now like a, having a nine forty four save percentage is so damn good that I want them to capitalize on this hot streak from him he's not going to be nine forty four all year. Even if you keep him in the perfect rotation, I think he's playing some great hockey right now, and I want to milk every ounce of it. It's very sexual. See, Rick's got the little. <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Can if you it, milk me? <laughs> if Campbell had a nine forty four right now, I'd be like, play the wheels off this guy too, and like, let's see what can happen. But I just think you're getting an unreal performance from Skinner, and I don't want him to go cold sitting on the bench. I want him to keep rolling while he's hot. That's fair. It's just so do you think weird. that? Do you think? Do you have any concern then? I'm just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Any concern then about maybe the third period last night, just kind of rattling Skinner? I saw Twitter messages that Skinner looked rattled. I disagreed with them no. entirely. Any concern there? Just the way the last night ended. No. I think he looked frustrated after that goal trickled in behind him, which is understandable. He thought he had it. He thought he had a piece of it. And he also thought he could stop it by reaching back there. So, yeah, I don't think, I I don't think, yeah, I don't think a player like him, you're going to see that much of a, of a change in, in his emotions. That's, you know, he's a strong goaltender. I don't think you're going to see a lot of that out of him. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, there you go. That is the delicious debate brought to you by Oodle Noodle. Also shout out to our friends at DoorDash Liam. Ding dong. Promo code GAMEDAY25 gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app. GAMEDAY25, that's that promo code. Uh, a secondary sort of debate here. We got about 10 minutes until our friend Harner Ryan Singh is going to stop by on the podcast. You know him from the Sportsnet broadcast. He does a ton of the Oilers nationally broadcasted games as well. He's got a book out and all of that good stuff. Uh, Harner Ryan's going to swing by in 10 minutes. But first, Bagged Milk, you and I debated this today on our show or today on Oilers Nation every day. Dylan Holloway, do they keep him up? Do they send him down? I got your take. Liam, I got your take a little. Dan, what do you think they should do with Dylan Holloway? He played a team low four minutes and 37 seconds last night. Um, 
it's a tough question to answer because is the people are the people that are replacing him better than what he's bringing to the team? And I feel like he's started to kind of round into more of a a guy that's not dealing with so much of the negative puck luck that he was dealing with early on. Um, so like, unless you're talking about bringing up Brad Malone, which then I'm always going to be on board with, I, but I don't think that that's the guy that's coming up unless you're bringing up a guy that you're comfortable with playing every day. I I'm good with Holloway and what he's been bringing to the team. And again, like I said, I, I feel like he is really rounding into his form now. And some of that bad luck that he was experiencing in the past is just not nearly as bad. Like the hits that he's taking aren't nearly, you know, 10 bell hits like they were, to start his career. So yeah, I, I would say I'm comfortable with keeping him on that uh, in that bottom six right now. No, I don't think so, man. Not with the amount of minutes he's playing right now, unless they're going to put him in the top nine, which I don't think he's ready for quite right yet. Um, he's, if he's playing four minutes a game, it's not helping him at all. And there's a lot of players in this league that they can't just go play that fourth line because they can't get their game going for just four minutes, four minutes a game. That's three periods. That's a minute and what? 20 seconds a, a period. Tyler, you got the math on this? Uh, yeah, it would be about uh, one, two, a minute twenty. What a minute twenty-six, minute twenty-seven, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> one shift is what we're saying. Maybe two. Uh, he needs to go down for a little bit, and kind of find his game, and and it's fine. Like it's, uh, you're, it happens all the time. He wouldn't be the first player to go down in this situation. He won't be the last. And then you can bring up whether it be a Hamblin or or whoever else that somebody has to be understand they're going to play six, seven minutes and probably that's the, that's the most of it. Just playing on that fourth line. Yeah. But it's I, not helping them. It's not helping them at all playing four minutes. And then, you know, he coughs up that first, that first goal. He has that turnover and he doesn't see the ice for the rest of the period. That's not helping him at all. And, and Dan, like you brought up the idea of a Malone or a Hamblin, or maybe it's even a guy like Benson. Once he gets healthy, who had a good preseason. If you think Holloway is like 10% better than them, then I think, you need to at that point, even though you recognize like Holloway maybe makes you a little bit of a better team. It's better for his development to be down. Like if this was March or April, I'd be like, Hey, yeah, let's get that extra little bit of juice. Let's have Holloway playing in a bottom six role. Why not? But I think going down and getting them 25 games is, is probably the play right now. And maybe if Benson's healthy, that's the domino that'll fall. Liam, your take on Holloway. Uh, I just, I'm kind of with Rick. Like I, I just don't think Holloway's a fourth line guy, and he needs to be playing more than he is. Like we, I looked it up today. He was averaging seven minutes a game through his seven games. So it's just not enough for a guy of his skill. And people were talking up to us on Others Nation every day too about, oh, I'll well, just put him on the second line instead of Yamamoto. And it's like, well, that's not going to work either because they're both kind of slumping right now. I think the best place for Holloway is. Bakersfield, I kind of worry a little bit about bringing James Hamlin up right now. Like he's actually, he's doing pretty well. Like he's six point seven games because are you not just putting him in the same situation as Holloway? Like it just doesn't help the development. I feel like there's enough veteran players in Bakersfield with Janmark, Greg the Egg McKeg. Anybody like maybe yeah, you've, been pushing, you've been pushing for the egg for a while here. That's we got to see the quote, isn't it? We got to see him up here. We want to see that Oilers 69. He's going to change it, I believe. I've, rumor has it, if he comes up, he's changing that. <laughs> so that that's a guy I think that could work. Like Brad Malone, too. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sentiment either. Like, Derek Ryan can move into there. But just let Holloway go down and, and play. Like, he had all this yep. momentum coming in from rookie camp, whenever that was, and then into Penticton, to main camp, preseason. And then, what was it, second or first shift of the regular season, he puts that puck right on the tape of Vancouver and they score, and then he gets absolutely laid out in Buffalo. He's, proved, he's proven that he's better than the, than the majority of the rookies in, in the league, and he's proven that he's better than the majority of the preseason rosters, but he just has not proven that he's better than the regular season rosters yet, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's still a kid. Yeah, he's got he's to find his legs again. He's got to get that momentum back in his game. Going down to Bakersfield, being a point-per-game guy is, is a good thing. It's a really good thing, and the others don't need to rush him and, and to play him. Like didn't Yamamoto kind of come up and down too. And then yep. when he came back up, good. he had 27 points in 20 games or whatever it was. Dry Leon, Leon, the, only, the only one that hasn't really worked out. And now it's kind of kicking us in the ass a little bit is Paul Yavi. They, they didn't do a good enough job when he first came here. And you don't have that same issue with 
Holloway now either. I think I think Jan Mark honestly is the guy who should come up. He's played two well, games. Hamlin, he has two points. Just for the record, Hamlin's like twenty seven, right? So there's a point in your career where it's get him in the <laughs> league. Old, like how old is he? He was born in ninety nine, so that would make he's twenty three. Is that twenty three? Yeah. Did I read that 20, wrong? I read that wrong. He's twenty three. April twenty. It's April twenty seven. I was looking at. That's what. <laughs> I guess my yeah, thing. I, my my you guys are right and and i think my stance just stems from i do not want to see Derek ryan and devon shore in the same roster i don't think that that sets us up for success Derek ryan scored They've a goal in the well. last two games well i just i guess that's just me but i like the names of hamlin i like the greg mckaig pull even and yanmark i honestly forgot about him so to me it's like if you're bringing up a guy that feels like it's an nhl level replacement then i'm happy with that i'm just not sure on Derek ryan really and devon shore Devin, Derek Ryan has two goals in two games, does he not? Yep. Oh, yeah, that line is playing well right now, for sure. I just don't think you have both of them in the same lineup at the same time. I don't want to. Don't want it, Rick. We, are we not five and five and one with those guys, both in the lineup at the same time, the last six games? Have they been in the lineup both times? Tyler, they struggling to get in the conversation. Right. My mic keeps breaking, so I'm happy you guys are carrying this because this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's good. You got those fucking arms, man. (laughs) Leave my arms out of this. (laughs) Not your physical arms. The robot mic arms. I'm going to counter you, Dan. I I think Shaw and Ryan are are crucial to this team, which sounds kind of nuts to say, but they barely play. But when they do play, they play really well. We know what Shaw does in the dressing room as well. And yeah. I just don't think these guys in the dress, uh, not in the organization, who are going to come up and be better than that. Like Derek Ryan has ten goals in the last seven seasons. Like every season, he's had ten goals or more. Like he's a valuable part of this team, and he brings added depth. Sure, is kind of what he is, I suppose. But I think you can always appreciate his work ethic. I, I just don't what's think his, what's price tag. What's Sure's price tag? It's less than nine hundred thousand dollars, isn't it? it yeah. Isn't he eight hundred thousand? Eight twenty-five or something like that. Or something like that? Like, yeah, I mean, all these guys we're talking about are all in that $1 million range. Yeah, but these guys have actually cracked a roster of one of the best teams in the yeah. league. Yeah, and the fair. other guys haven't. I sent all the way down. There's no point in him paying four and a half minutes. It's just like, I would much rather him... Like last night, the giveaway on the first New Jersey goal is he's trying something. He's a skilled player. He's going to make mistakes because he's so young. I would rather him make those mistakes in Bakersfield where it doesn't actually matter. And then Dan, I'm going to make you happy. I would rather have Brad Malone playing four and a half minutes. Cause that's a guy that knows his role. He's going yeah. to go out. He's going to bang and crash. He can kill penalties. He's not going he to does. give a shit if he doesn't play. He's not going to play four and a half. Cause he's going to get PK time as well. Well, there you go. So it's just like, I would rather have Dylan Holloway playing huge minutes in Bakersfield because he can get all <laughs> kinds of situations. He can develop a little bit of chemistry with the other players that are already but down. There. Go, yeah. And we're not going to have to worry about him trying to navigate his first full pro season in the NHL, which is not a development league. The Oilers need to win and they need players that can help them win. I just wish they had the cap space or the availability of cap space so they could bring Yan Mark up. That's kind of what yeah. they brought him in to do. You know, I don't know how they make it work. So maybe it has to be a Brad Malone or a Tyler Benson when he comes back. But I, I just don't think that we're doing anything for Dylan Holloway having him playing so few minutes. Would, would we have to send down an additional player if we send down Holloway and wanted Yan Mark up? Like a, I- need him a line and, for example, have to go down. I think you'd have to send down Ryan. I don't think you can have both Ryan and Yanmark on your team. What if you send down Ryan Murray? Yeah. He's not over a million bucks. He's the league men, isn't he? Yeah, yeah but two guys. Good. But then what are you going to do with no subs? Two, two, com- two contracts kept, uh, combined. You'd have no scratches. Worked out for us in the first game of the season. We got to <laughs> make sure you got some good doctors. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, the cap yeah. situation really fucks things up right now because the ideal person on that fourth line is Matthias Janmark. He's an NHL player. He's got 18 goals in this league a handful of years ago. Like We have him on the farm team because we can't afford to have him on our fourth line. There are a lot of teams in the same position we are when it comes to the cap. I, I understand that, but like we're talking about Dylan Holloway right now. There's no, vo- there's no value here for that. Now with Unless- Holloway, with Holloway being up here and you put him down, does his... Um, his contract obviously goes down, but do his uh, bonuses 
go down as well there, Tyler? Sure, because there's going to be games played bonuses in there. There's going to be points bonuses, all that shit. Would, that, go would that not then cover the million dollars of Yanmar? I think they don't get applied until next year, but we're going to need original Puzar to chime in with that. Someone help. Yeah. Uh, all right. We are going to get ready for our guest <laughs> on uh, this week's episode of the show. Hunter Ryan Singh. His appearance is brought to you by Canada Snowboard's upcoming event, the FIS Snowboard Big Air World Cup presented by Toyota. Coming to Edmonton on December 10th. Tickets are available now on Ticketmaster, Bag Milk and I. We got a hot date planned. We're going to be there in the seats at Commonwealth. Yes, we are. I'm excited about it. You're going to have a good time. Hopefully the weather holds up. And as always, shout out to Explore Edmonton, who's a big reason why we put on some big events like this or we get some big events like this in our city. So for Explore Edmonton and Canada Snowboarding's big event, FIS Snowboard Big Air World Cup presented by Toyota. Let's get to Harner Ryan Singh. If you're lucky, Tyler, I might even bring you to Tony Tony's Pizza Palace before the, before the event. Ooh. Great wow. pizza. Great pizza. Fantastic. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Very excited to welcome into Oilers Nation Radio, Harner Ryan Singh. You know him from Rogers Sportsnet Hockey. Harner Ryan, how are you doing? How did you enjoy calling the BOA on Saturday night? Oh, it's always a pleasure uh, to be calling those games, especially considering there there are only three, and I've already called two of the <laughs> three that are happening this season. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, after having the first playoff uh, battle in over three decades, uh, those games are even more special. And you can see some of the, the carryover, right? They, they Both teams are ready for both of those games and uh, they were close ones. So it was uh, it was entertaining and I, and I love the vibe. And especially when you're walking around uh, the Saddledome and we, we run into the Oilers Nation crew, I, what, what, 30 of you there? I mean, it was a good presence uh, in Calgary that day. Yeah, we had a good group. We ended up giving away uh, 10 pairs of tickets before the game to come with us. So we had a great group and the Oilers came through with a win. So fantastic evening at the Crumble Dome. A lot of water <laughs> consumed by the, a lot of water consumed by Oilers Nation, I'm assuming. Plenty of waters. Always drinking the waters. Staying hydrated. Staying hydrated. Uh, here, here's a question for you. We know which city has the better facilities in terms of the arena, but which <laughs> arena has the better vantage point for a play-by-play guy? Well, you know, that's a, it's an interesting question because it, it takes a little bit to explain that. So when the Oilers made their new arena, which is like a, a five-star hotel version of a hockey rink, right? Um, one of the things that I'm not sure they took into too much consideration was the press box viewpoint. And um, it, amongst uh, the industry members, play-by-play commentators, color commentators, it it is not popular to be way up high. I mean, the joke is usually like the view is as if you're sitting in St. Albert or Red Deer, you might as well be right. It's pretty high up and it's pretty far back. Um, and then what happened is as far as I've been told um, hockey night in Canada, 
Uh, one of the greats, Jim Houston. I, I've, this is the story I've been told. He came in and said, I'm not calling a game from here. Like this is, this is way too far away. And so what happened was, as they created the vantage point uh, just at the top of the lower bowl, um, kind of at center ice, and that creates one of the best vantage points in, in the NHL. And, and it's pretty cool because you are surrounded by fans in front of you, left, right, and center behind you, and, um, and you, you get to experience really how loud it is. Uh, and I had the good fortune of calling the Edmonton LA playoff series that went to seven games. And uh, despite, uh, despite the layers of cloth from my turban over my ears, I still thought I was going to lose my hearing. <laughs> it was, it was loud. Right. And, and this is from, this is like, I remember going to watch some of the games uh, back in the day when it seemed like the Oilers and stars played each other Every single year, year after year, right? Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I was growing up in Brooks and was able to attend some of those playoff games, and uh, it was deafening, right? Like that was yeah. loud at the old Rexall place, and so this is a really unique situation because normally we are quite high up. Um, so the Oilers, the the national broadcast we're really lucky where we get to call the games from i will say though that the the saddle dome because it is an old building um and they have that catwalk over top which is not the norm in the new buildings anymore you are kind of right over top of the ice so uh, i would say you know in comparison to other buildings it's pretty cool up there as well because you can really see the play develop and you're not you're not far away from it you're right on top of it so a couple of other places, you know, Dallas actually has a really cool uh, vantage point as well. They have two sections, like a lower broadcast level and a and a higher one. And if you get the lower one, it's it's a really cool vantage point as well. But yeah, the uh, the Oilers one, it is an interesting story because brand new building, but the the press box is not so popular in terms of where it's situated. Since you're talking about the press box and calling games, I just love to, I'd love for you to take us behind the scenes a little bit. When you're calling a game, what do you have in front of you on your desk? Cause I've always wondered what you're looking at, what kind of notes you've got, what's being fed in your ear. Could you just kind of walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. You know what? It's, it's uh, every play by play guy is quite different. Just coincidentally, like I have, like a, a bunch of notes here. So this is like an example of a game. So I use a uh, like a cardstock grid. And uh, this is a system that I learned from Chris Cuthbert actually in Edmonton during the bubble when I was hosting games when it was uh, the return to play without fans. And uh, so I got a chance to really be a sponge and learn from Chris Cuthbert and uh, Louis DeBrusque, uh, who is beloved there in Edmonton. And he's, he's the uh, guy I get to call the majority of my games with so far on my uh, transition to the English side. And so I've got this grid and, and I've got the forward lines and the, and the, um, the defensive pairings. Um, and then I surround it. So each player I've got notes kind of for each player in terms of numbers statistics wise, but what, what, what are they doing trend wise? Like how many points in the last few games or storylines with each players. And then I surround this with all sorts of info in terms of the teams, the special teams comments from the coaches, other kind of team stats about um, how they've been on the road, how they've been at home, anything interesting. You're basically compiling. So you don't necessarily watch hockey for pleasure anymore. It's always basically work where it's fun though. And I'm compiling information constantly. And then you try to put it all together on whatever system you have. Um, there, there's an, there's an interesting one that play by play guys really have to pay attention to, and that's milestones. So someone's 200th career goal or someone's 1000th game and you know, that kind of stuff. And, and so in terms of what we're being fed while we're calling the games, there's a lot of info info being thrown at us in our ears while we're talking. And so that's our stats guys. We have, 
Uh, we have people who are, you know, you, I used to think this too, not when I was a kid, when you hear the play-by-play guy go, oh, they just scored two goals in a span of 56 seconds or, you know, and then the last minute and 29, three goals. And I was always wondering, like, they're that good at math? Like, holy smokes, <laughs> like, math isn't my strong point, right? And my dad's a PhD in math. He has seven post-secondary degrees. I'm totally the opposite. And so I used to be conscious of that. Little did I realize that there's there's people there to do that for you. Right. So they're they're giving us that kind of info or really interesting tidbits like one of my stats guys a couple of games ago threw this one at me um, where it was a certain percentage of games that had already been multi-goal comeback victories in the NHL. That's a trend we're seeing so much more this season where games are just chaotic. No lead is safe. So those types of things they'll throw at us. Then our producer is telling us, okay, we got this promotion coming in or this, uh, this, you know, we're going to be um, score and win or whatever it is. There's all that stuff or we got a commercial on the next whistle or they're throwing all sorts of things at you. Right. So there's, you're processing a ton of information. Plus you're trying to watch the game, call it accurately. And you're, you're trying to be entertaining as well. And, um, so yeah, it's a lot of brain power. I know it's funny because uh, my mom is always telling me she's like, "Are you having your almonds?" Apparently, those are those are good to keep your brain uh, firing on all cylinders. <laughs> yeah, we'll buy some after a full broadcast of like producer stats guys, everyone in your ear talking for three hours. You just want to go like sit in a quiet room for the rest of the night and like not. <laughs> it's, it's hard to wind down after games. Like I've been, I'm I'm pumping caffeine to the veins, right? And you're you you have to have your peak energy at at a weird time like uh between 7 and 10 p.m. 8 and 11 p.m. and then after that it's it it's hard to fall asleep right away so it's it's late nights and then the next morning you have the game day skates so you guys are all familiar with that but it's it's you know I wouldn't trade this for anything this is what I always wanted to do uh, and I'm super lucky. Like, as you, as you guys know, I'm born in Wetaska and grew up in Brooks through and through Alberton. So to be able to call Oilers games, Flames games um, is awesome. Right now, this season, I'm calling less Oilers games than I normally do. And that's because uh, down in Calgary, Rick Ball, who's another great play-by-play commentator, he's the, he's the Jack Michaels of Calgary. And uh, so Rick Ball has had some health issues. So they've had me filling in for him. So I'm calling a lot more games uh, for the flames right now, just, uh, just because of that situation. But uh, hopefully I'll be up there in Edmonton at some point soon here. Let's uh, I want to talk a little bit about the book again, your national bestseller one game at a time. We had you on when it first released, but now it's out in paperback form as well. What sort of, what's the process behind kind of doing like the re-release as a paperback? Yeah. So the, you know, the hardcover uh, came out in the height of the pandemic. Uh, it was two years ago. Um, and, you know, it just depends on the situation for, for us. We were trying to, the paperback is a cheaper version of the book, but you're able to put a bit of an update out there. And for me, um, in the last two years since the book came out, so the first edition of the book, I wasn't actually on the English side yet. So a lot has happened for me. Um, so being a part of that return to play, as I mentioned, the the Edmonton bubble um, and then just the whole process from calling my first ever games uh, with Louis DeBrusque and, and in January of 2021, when I transitioned from uh, calling games in Punjabi to, to English, how much pressure I put on myself. Um, it's, 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 you know, so interesting because so many things um, for a broadcaster, mirror what athletes go to go through. Um, if you're if you're a call up and you might have you know one game to show your best and you're putting so much pressure on yourself, but you really want to hit it out of the park. But you might be a call up on a brand new team, and so it's a new system. There's a transitionary phase, so you know players have coaches and teammates. We have colleagues and producers, and every everything was new for me and. Um, you know, talking a bit about that transition, having called 700 plus games in a different language and all of a sudden, even though I speak English, obviously, and I hope you can tell. And for those for those listeners out there, uh, you know, I, I, I hope my accent is Canadian because I am Canadian. Yeah, you, you'd be surprised at some of the like, you know, messages I get. But um, but, you know, it's uh, so I'm telling all of that story you were talking about behind the scenes. This is. 
this is really behind the scenes. January 13th, 2021 was my first ever English play-by-play game. It was the Vancouver Canucks at the Edmonton Oilers, the season opener. I couldn't even get past the fact that the, the first game on, on that doubleheader for Sportsnet is Toronto-Montreal. Cuthbert's calling, and all of a sudden, I'm calling the next one. Like It was like, is this happening? And But that was the first NHL game we had with COVID testing. And I'm staying at the JW Marriott that's attached to the rink. And somehow I slipped through and was able to find a way into my broadcast location in the arena um, a couple of hours before the game. And there's nobody in sight. Like I'm trying to get a hold of anybody at Sportsnet. I'm trying to get a hold of Louis, Gene Principe, like everybody you can imagine. No one's responding and I'm watching the clock tick by and I'm there all alone. Little did I know in the background, it was the first ever game that was being broadcast in the NHL with COVID testing. And back then COVID testing, you there wasn't such a thing as a rapid test. And so everybody's trying to get into the building, but they're waiting and waiting for test results. And I'm about to call my first game. I tell the whole story in this updated chapter. There was a chance I would have had to call that game all by myself. I had never <laughs> met. I never oh, met my producer in person during that time. Anybody I was working with, like uh, they, then they called Kelly Rudy from Calgary and had him, drive up from Calgary on the highway. It was a snowstorm that day, January 13th, 2021. You can look it up. He had to turn back at Olds because there was so many cars in the ditch. And wow. so they were trying to do all sorts of things like to, to figure out like how, how are we going to call this game or who's going to be all of a sudden, like just, you know, not too long before we're on there, Louis DeBrus comes in sweating buckets and he's like, Oh my goodness. Like, and that was our first game together. Right. And so I wasn't even myself, uh, but we had some fun and, and it's, it's about getting comfortable with it. So I talk about all of that. Um, I, you know, I talk about, um, the the battle in the mind of the Punjabi words coming to my mind instead of the English ones calling the game. That's this transition phase. I also get into, um, you know, something my, my dad, uh, who's in his mid-80s, and when I told him, okay, I'm getting this shot on the English side, he shook my hand, and when he pulled me in for the hug, he said in my ear, he said, get ready for it because uh, you're going to get a lot of criticism, some warranted, but a lot of it's going to break your heart. And uh, I started to get a lot of that. And to be honest with you guys, it's one of the toughest things I have to say, because I'm such a proud Canadian. I love this country and, um, and I love the game of hockey. Uh, but, you know, it's, that's been one of those issues here. And I hate to say it, it when I'm calling Alberta Al- games for Alberta teams, this, this is what comes on my feeds, whether it's diaper head, rag head, go back to where you came from. Um, and, and all that kind of ridiculousness, right? Like, uh, you only got this job because of the way the world is now, or, um, you know, that the, for some reason people assume I shouldn't be talking hockey because of how I look, or, you know, people assume that I haven't paid my dues in any way, um, to get this type of a gig, right. That I'm just a diversity hire, all sorts of comments like that. And, Um, I was dealing with it. I knew that was coming. And then uh, all of a sudden it was playoffs. And I, my first playoff series in English, I called those Oilers jets, Canadian versus Canadian team. And I realized that, okay, you know, as much as I would like to just be brave and say, ignore social media and that kind of thing, it, it does, it does plant these seeds of doubt in your mind. And so I had to change my settings and but every and every now and then stuff slips through. Right. So I talk about that in there. Um, and then I there's been so many things. Honestly, I, I got a chance to host the Olympic coverage uh, for CBC Sports and and some really some really interesting behind the scenes stories that are in this book that weren't in the additional one, just because the sheer amount of stuff that's happened in the past two years. Well, I just want to say I just want to say quickly, thank you for being, you know, completely transparent and honest with us about that stuff because you have i mean we we all exist on the internet and we've seen that space and how it behaves and we can only imagine you know sitting on this side of the of the camera from you what it is like to be a broadcaster and to be able to speak like that i mean thank you for you know continuing to speak and you know just for being the one that's taken so much of that because you're the first and you know you see it you see it with anybody that that comes into a space when they're the first of something you get 
some of the worst of humanity out there. And, and so thank you for, you know, sticking through it as much as you have and for being as transparent as you are. Well, Dan, you know, I appreciate that. And, and I don't want to come across as, uh, you know, coming on here and bringing that up uh, that I'm complaining. But no. I, I think that what, what I, I, if I don't acknowledge it, I think people don't realize that this happens, right? And for 100%. me, it's disheartening that there are Canadians out there who think this way. And, and I think if we have these conversations, we address it where we're aware that this happens. And then that's the way to make progress so we can, those, those, that, it is the minority, but I want to dwindle that minority even further because it's, it's frankly disrespectful. It's full of hate and, and it shouldn't, I don't, if it's happening to me, I don't want it to happen to future broadcasters who are from any background. So um, I mean, this is hockey. We should be having fun. Um, you, you might have your favorite broadcasters, to be honest with you. I, I, I love Jack Michaels. I love, you know, Chris Cuthbert. I'm a fan of the game too. Right. Um, but you know, just because you might have a favorite broadcaster doesn't mean that that, uh, should allow you to just, you know, spew hatred and, and bring up, you know, someone's faith and appearance and skin color and all that kind of stuff. Right. So we've, we've got work to do as Canadians. Um, and so that's, that's kind of why I speak from the heart. It comes out because, because I want I want us to make progress. So I appreciate you saying that Dan. One of Where the, did the things I, I really love about your calls and the way you handle all this Hunter Ryan is that you aren't afraid to let your culture shine through though. You don't hide it because it brings on hate. And I want you to tell the story because I read the, the afterward chapter of the, the paperback version of the book. Your call on Nils Hoaglander's goal was it's time to hand out the sweets. Take us through kind of the significance of that call. Yeah. So in the Punjabi community or even the South Asian community, when you have good news to announce, so let's say there's a birth of a child in the family or a, an engagement, um, or for example, for me, a, a new job or a transition in my career, um, it's tradition in our families, in our culture, in our heritage to make sweets at home, like handmaids, like, you know, it could be cookies, but the, you know, my mom makes this. And, and if you ask Louis DeBrusque about this, it's pretty addictive. So if you're having your cup of chai or your coffee, it's, it's perfect to have with it. It's like this, it's almost like homemade fudge, uh, but it's made of chickpea flour, butter, sugar, and some cardamom in there. And, and it melts in your mouth. Right. So um, that's one of those things like uh, people, there's other, there's other kind of pastries you can make and hand out. But what you do is when you have, some good news to tell people you go in your city town village and you go ring people's doorbells knock on their doors and you have with them a box of sweets and then you deliver the news to them in person and that's tradition right and so it's my first game and I'm looking at the roster and I, and I'm thinking, okay, Niels Hoaglander's in his very first NHL game like that's that's cool significant for him and his family I'm going to mention that and then what happens is, is that, you know, I had just done this to my colleagues and you guys, you run into Gene Principe, Tony Brar and um, Louie all the time, all those guys, you can ask them, like, I had literally done this with them where I had, I had brought this and homemade this and that sweets uh, that my mom made. And I had handed them out because, hey, my first game on the English side, something to celebrate. And so Niels Hoaglander scores his first ever NHL goal in his first ever NHL game. And and outcomes for me, it was like, it's time to hand out the sweets. That's his first career NHL goal. So sometimes those things happen off the cuff. Um, and it was similar to the the Benino, Benino, Benino call too, where that was not planned. But, you know, that was a mistake in my notes. Different thing is not a cultural impact. But uh, from the whole from the Hoaglander goal, all of a sudden I had messages and there was tweets and from people all across Canada, from the South Asian community and they just, they loved it. They felt like, you know, that proved the worth of diversity in the game, that this is something, because there's so many sayings and so many idioms that go over my turban and, you know, they're saying over the head, you know, over my head. So, um, <laughs> I, I just do hybrids of everything. There's so many idioms that I don't actually understand because, you know, that wasn't part of my culture when I was growing up, but there's, there's millions of Canadians out there who are diverse, who are wanting to be more a part of the game. And I, I think they really, 
really it really hit home for them that wow okay this is so cool because it's he's talking about our culture but it's something that everybody can celebrate right it's fun and it's a positive way to do it so i've i've uh i've you know that was a really cool part for me even though that first game those first few games i wasn't feeling myself wasn't the most confident and you know just getting my feet wet but those goal calls are what made me realize okay this is this is this has potential and it's making people um, feel welcome in the game. It's like when Jajar Kara was uh, an Edmonton Oiler and, you know, I'm, I'm saying his name the way his parents and grandparents would say it because I'm able to speak the, his mother language. And, you know, I, I had so many comments from people saying that, oh, it's so cool. Our ears perk up when you when you say his name, because it's like it's being said so authentically. Right. And, and I'm in I'm in the same boat now with Nazem Qadri. I may I talk to him about it and he goes, you're saying it just like my parents and grandparents say it. His face lit up. And that's that's what's cool, because other audiences out there, um, it makes them feel uh like that they belong in the game too. It's something so small, but if that's something that's going to invite them to be more of a participant in hockey, then why not? 100%. Here's where I'm going to go with this. We're talking about goal calls. I got this copy of your book. I want to get it into the hands of one of our listeners. So the way we're going to do this giveaway, everyone who listens to this knows my email is Tyler at Oilers Nation. I want you to send me with the link to the YouTube call if you're listening to this and you want a chance to win the book, your favorite Harner Ryan Singh Oilers goal call. And then I'll put you all into a draw. We'll close this end of day Monday. So if you're listening, you got till end of day Monday to email me your favorite Harner Ryan goal call. When you hear Oilers goal call, which one stands out in your mind, Harner Ryan? What's your favorite Oilers goal call of all time? Yeah, you know, there's two right away that stand out. So I had the privilege of calling uh, McDavid's 100th point in 53 games in that shortened season. There was no fans. Felt so lucky to just be able to witness that. And and um, and it was off of, uh, you know, it was a dry side goal, but McDavid got his hundredth point. That one was really cool. Um, and, and it was I don't know, something came out about, you know, being from one legend to the next passing the torch. It was kind of it was cool that way. Right. That, you know, the Oilers have had so many legends before, but now McDavid and dry are really cementing themselves as as the new legends for the team and so that one was cool and then um there was one during the oilers kings playoff uh series uh you know where Connor mcdavid put on a show and and it came out it's the Connor mcdavid show right and that's uh that's one of the the ones that also sticks out for me so um yeah always special to be calling those games and those big moments and it's it's a thrill and an honor you're such a high energy announcer and I'm, you were talking about the Kings and Oilers in the playoffs and you're going bananas. We're all going bananas. How different was it for you to crank up your energy in a building with no one in there, as opposed to Rogers place in the playoffs when it is insane loud in there? There is absolutely no comparison. It is night and day. You cannot Uh, And the players say this too, you cannot replicate the energy that 20,000 screaming fans are going to be able to bring you in an empty arena. Um, and, And it's just, it's incredible because it gets the juices flowing. Just the sheer volume of a commentator or a broadcaster's voice is just going to be amplified so much more. Um, it's one of those things actually that happens even within regular games because the home crowd, when the home crowd scores, it's always there's more energy in the building and that naturally affects the the volume and the energy of the broadcaster's uh, goal call too. Even if it's like if it's a, you know, a U.S. versus Canadian team, but you're in the U.S. and the U.S. team scores, it, it impacts the call just naturally, right? Because your body feels all that energy. But in the playoffs, man, it is next level. And I was so obviously the Oilers arena and and like it was phenomenal right that that atmosphere against LA um I was impressed with Colorado too I I got to call the Colorado St. Louis series I know a lot of Albertans weren't watching that at the same same time as the the Flames Oilers series um and then I was also impressed with Tampa Bay um, because I, I called conference finals and it was Tampa Bay New York and there's so much allure about MSG. And so you kind of know going in that Madison Square Garden is going to be lit, right? And it's it's so iconic. But 
the Tampa Bay Lightning fans, they know their hockey and that entire city is just flooded with Tampa Bay Lightning gear all over the place. Like the success that the teams had, it's everywhere. And you saw it no matter where you looked at, whether it, for, it was like, you know, in parking lot supermarkets or just banners on patios and in restaurants everywhere. Um, and Tampa Bay Lightning fans were, were pretty, um, you know, pretty, um, enthusiastic for their team too. It's, it's so different. You can't even compare like having the fans there is so much better. The only thing is that, you know, you having to wait in line to use the bathroom in the intermission. Um, that would be the only drawback. And, and I say that because we have such limited time to, to, you know, oh, yeah. take a leak oh, in the intermission 100%. and then get back. And you're supposed, you know, you want to be paying attention to what's being said in the intermission too and all that. So it's just, yeah, that would be the one drawback. But I'll take standing in those lines uh, to have 20,000 people back in the arena. I love it. All right, Hunter Ryan, appreciate your time, man. We asked you for 15 or 20 minutes and you blink and 30 goes by, but we love chatting with you. <laughs> Look forward to hearing you on another call soon. And again, uh, if a listener wants a copy of the book, Tyler at OilersNation.com, send me an email, your favorite Hunter Ryan single call, and I'll get that shipped off to a listener. Thanks for doing this, man. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it, guys. Thank you very Thanks, much. Man. There you go. Big shout out to Hunter Ryan Singh for joining us. Time really does fly when you chat with him. He's uh, he's got stories about everything. He's, the- he's got great stories though. I just like I was looking down in my notes, and I know we were running long. And I just I had five more questions that I wanted to ask him about just different <laughs> calls that he did. As but again, just like you said, you blink and thirty minutes goes by. Yeah, I wanted to even just pick his brain a little bit about the team this year, but uh, not quite enough time to get into all of that. We'll have to have Farner Ryan on again. Uh, Let's wrap up this week's edition of the show with Hot and Cold Performers because it is a Friday after all. Brought to you by our friends at Twig and Berries, twigandberries.ca, promo code NATION15 gets you 15% off. As always, as Bag Milk would say, we will start with our veggies. And I'm going to start with you, Bag Milk. You never get a chance to go first for Hot and Cold Performers. What do you got? You know what? This one just came out as a surprise to me last night. I found out that our boy Waz hadn't had a Caesar with alcohol in it until yesterday. Pardon His me? O- that's, you heard me right. His <laughs> only experience with Caesars before last night at Roger's place was virgin Caesars that he would sneak in a corner at his old job. And I find that mind blowing <laughs> that that was his first experience was a virgin Caesar. So Waz. How, how many, how many are we talking? How like how many virgin seasons before he had his first real one? Sounds like years worth. Many Year- years worth. <clears throat> and he would be hiding and consuming them as well. So I, I think I, that's the most mind blowing thing. He was hiding, hiding a, a virgin Caesar. Yeah, no, nobody's <laughs> hiding something in. Nobody's hiding for a virgin Caesar ever. So was the fact that it took you until you're like, I don't know how old was is like 12 or something. The fact that it took this long for him to actually have some vodka in a Caesar. You were my cold performer of the week. I also drink a beer at Roger's place and I get crazy. There you go. <laughs> uh, on that note, Dan. Yeah. My, uh, my cold performer of the week is going to go to my neighborhood uh, for not showing up for Halloween. I went out with my youngest step kiddo and there was about 20 houses that were lit up and giving out candy. The rest of them are all shut down. So uh, the Halloween spirit dying a little bit in my neighborhood gets my cold performer of the week. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. One place giving out adult candy, though. That was nice. What is it? They're giving out edibles? They were giving out edibles? (laughs) They were giving out edibles. In this economy? Allegedly, in my opinion. Wow. (laughs) They are doing well. (laughs) Rick, what do you got? Well, I probably should have some audio set up for this but i uh it was a couple nights ago and it was a a shootout shootouts are pretty exciting usually right we like to watch them there if your team's involved they're kind of hard they kind of you know hurt the heart a bit but anaheim san jose and i don't know who this was but the shootout call in this game like just go back and like search it or whatever was but i don't even know what to say it was terrible like there was no descriptions of of the of the the shot attempt there's no description of any. It was absolutely a joke. I don't know if it was real. I don't know who it was, but the call of that shootout was beyond terrible. What the hell is going on? No one knew what was going on. <laughs> Nobody. Like literally the game winning goal was quiet. And then, and a little fist bump by the goaltender. Like, are you, I, sorry, like how? 
That was, I, I don't know, man. I'm glad that's not a, <laughs> I'm glad that doesn't get uh, hit the Oilers to everybody very often. Liam? Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning. What the heck was going on with those jerseys besides everything? Oh, thank you, Liam. They were so bad. They're so good. <laughs> no, my joke was that, like, if you were in high school and there was the high kid all the time and he would doodle on his binder, that's what those looked like. <laughs> Did you see the video the front, of the... The front was cool. The arms oh, were... What the hell were the sleeves? The, the, the players did a reaction to it, and they were all like, are these flames? And then Braden Point came in, and he's like, they're clearly lightning bolts. We are the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, no. <laughs> did we just become the Calgary Flames, guys? <laughs> Terrible. I liked them. You would. My, my cold performer of the week is going to go uh, to the Canadian Football League. There are a lot yeah. of people who really want to like the CFL. And they just can't seem to get out of their own way most of the time. Um, the marketing usually isn't that good. But then, like, the Grey Cup's coming up, and they still don't have a halftime show? What? They've announced it. There must be. They must have it locked down. It has to be locked down. Well, are you going to talk I'd about the All-Star announcement, too? They just haven't announced it yet. Well, yeah, I was going to ask about next. that. They, they announced their All-Stars. And players get bonuses when they're All-Stars. And for CFL players, it's a good bonus when you're a CFL player to get <laughs> That and then they had to announce that oh we counted it wrong and we have to rescind all of the all stars and do a recount. How does that happen? You're a professional yeah. sports league, so anyways, CFL. Oh, death cold. What are you doing? That's, that's a There's good so one, much, Tyler. so job. much potential. I love going to Elks games. I love going to Commonwealth. How can oh, the man. league? How can the league be the ones that are the ones that make that mistake? That's what I ask. How does the league do that when they expect the fans to be able to stand up for the league? Yeah, no, I just it just makes people who like the CFL look laughable, who yeah, praise thanks. it and support it. It makes us makes people look stupid. Annoying. All right. Uh, let's flip the ledger here. Go to our hot performers of the week. I'll start with you, Liam. What do you got? My hot performer of the week comes came to me on a late Thursday evening at the East Side Soccer Center. The cheeseburger there was <laughs> off the charts. <laughs> If you're not doing this, if you're not doing this part with the hamburger thing on your face right now, I feel like you're really dropping the ball. <laughs> yep. Give me a second. Give me a second. All right, we're just gonna vamp a little bit. We're just gonna vamp a little bit. Well, the thing is, where'd it go? There it is. There it is. This could be anyone behind <laughs> this screen. But the cheeseburger at the Eastside Soccer Center, unbelievable. The value five ninety five made right there and then, not in some little heater. The flavor, unbelievable. Somebody asked me if it was wet and stinky. Not stinky, but wet in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? I want you to write these all down, Liam. Please write these down. I tweeted it. Someone asked me to elaborate, and I elaborated. It was there was yes. just a lot, a lot of good stuff going on in that burger. I'll say it. It was an unofficial burger review because it wasn't a hockey rink. If it was, it would have been number one. I can't either. Okay. Wow, Rick. Well, I guess you know what. It has to be a little more than just a week. But I don't know how you look at this team and don't just give it to. Uh, Mr. 97 right now. The man is on absolute fire. He's doing things we haven't seen him to do before, which is mind-blowing, really. You've seen him pretty much do everything. Um, this dude is uh, he, hes on fire right now. He's dragging his team, and I can't wait to see where he ends up at the end of the year. So Connor McDavid is the hot performer for me. Boy, that escalated quickly. McDavid's production has, you know what I mean? Uh <laughs> Who? You, Dan. Okay. Well, then I'll go. Uh, I think you guys must have spoken about this on Tuesday when I wasn't here, but uh, I'm going to give my hot performer of the week out to all the fans in Calgary, the Oiler fans that just showed up in droves to Greta. And then also at the Saddle Dome, I don't know, like if you go to a game at the Saddle Dome now, you can expect 50% Oiler fans, I would say, is a, is a safe number. So Calgary and YYC-based Oiler fans, you get my hot performer of the week. He's a hot guy. Bag milk. Uh, Rick told mine he went with Connor McDavid, 12 goals, 12 assists in 11 games. So I'm going to go with his running mate, Leon Dreisaitl. Only 22 points in 11 games. So I guess he's a big old slouch. Lazy. 
Leon is looking fantastic again. It's going to be amazing when the goal pace picks up to where he's probably wanting it to be. He's missed some chances in his office that are going to go in the net as soon as he starts to heat up. Leon Dreisaitl is fantastic, and I think there's a whole lot more to come. Leon, Hot Performer of the Week. Pour it on! And I'm going to wrap this thing up with uh, my Hot Performer of the Week is the Drake and 21 Savage album, Bag Milk. You already know. Oh, it's spicy. No skips. No skips. Drake gets my hot performer of the week. So this guy is smoking hot. That is going to do it for episode 237 of Oilers Nation Radio. Shout out to DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, the FIS Snowboard Big Air World Cup presented by Toyota and our friends at Twig and Berries. We hope you have a great weekend and we will be back on Tuesday. Shout out Waz and his Caesars. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.